0: Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, everyone. I am your host, Dr. Renee, and we are back for yet another amazing week. I know I say this, I sound repetitive over and over and over again, but this week we have a magnificent guest with us. And as always, I meet these amazing people on Instagram, and I am just blown away by this fabulous, fabulous woman who has been doing amazing healing work out there, and we'll talk about her in just a second. But for those of you who are new to the Inner Revolution, please go check us out. You have have your phone in your hand right now, more than likely. So go ahead, check us out on iTunes, check us out on Spotify, and guess what? You can check us out on Stitcher and iHeartRadio now. So I'm so excited. We are finally on all four platforms, so there is no more excuses. Go subscribe, follow, and download any episodes that you have missed. And this is how we get found by people who are able to come into the inner revolution is by your feedback. So rate the show and give comments as much as you can because it really does. Help! I want to go ahead and give a shout out to the country of India today, who has increased their following with our shows tremendously. Over 10% of our listeners are from the country of India. So bless you all. Thank you so much for all of your love and continued support of the inner revolution. So let's go ahead and get started, everyone. My special guest today is Sharon Land, and she is an intuitive coach. I was most excited about this beautiful woman because I've yet to really meet anyone who has sort of done a lot of the similar things that I've done, and so I was very excited um, to come across this beautiful soul. And she is definitely passionate about guiding souls to love and helping them to fully discover their own personal power. And Sharon specializes in many things, but most importantly, post-traumatic resilience, somatic. Therapy and harmonium healing, which I'm really excited about because I've only been recently reading about this. So, this is really, really cool. She believes in and has facilitated in the infinite capacity of transcending any and all disease. And Sharon is phenomenal because not only has she done traditional training in the field of mental health and healing, but she's also stood by the side of many shamans and gurus and very Eastern sort of focused um, healing practices and methods. So I am really excited about talking about that today. So she is now, like that wasn't enough, but now she's working on her master's in clinical mental health and is going to be adding holistic psychotherapy to her services. So this woman is on fire. So let me go ahead and bring her in. Sharon, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Renee. Hello, dear goddess. How are you? (laughs) I am wonderful. And I'm so
1: happy to be talking with you today.
0: I'm really happy to have you here. Like I said, it's like, I feel like you're a sister, like a spiritual sister, you know, and it's hard to find someone who really is in this space because I've yet to really be able to talk about what the space is that I even exist in because it's still sort of just unraveling as time goes on. And, you know, we were speaking, um, Pre-show, and I was telling you, I said, you know, it's hard because we have these people who are in the really devout spiritual practice, God bless them, and then people who are in the very devout religious practice, God bless them, and then people who are in the extreme science practice, as I used to be as a professor. But I found myself in the last couple of years, probably three to four years now, really existing in a middle space of bridging all of these worlds together. And there's more and more people doing it. And that's what I really like about you. Um, So can you tell the listeners of the inner revolution who might not be familiar with you a little more about yourself and how you found yourself in the space in between?
1: Yeah, well, specifically with uh, my spiritual practice and just in in concept with religion um so i was raised a catholic um and my parents actually um the dichotomy started there uh, my my mother was um and is uh, you know very liberal and was raised in a more italian catholic um Uh, household, and my father is uh, extremely Republican and Mm. conservative and was raised in a Protestant uh, household. So when my sister and I grew up, my mother, although we practiced probably more of the Catholic religion, we went to Catholic church, my mother did really take us, she took it upon herself to take us to lots of different churches within the catholic community so we didn't just go to a roman catholic church we went to a methodist we went to presbyterian we went to protestant we went to so we were able to really experience um how at a very very young age we were able to see that you know being able to come and um and and participate in some way and have some sort of a fellowship didn't have to come in one size fits all um and that we were you know and we really didn't know very many people we would just go but we really were able to enjoy a lot of what was offered um which also had a lot to do with history the history of the buildings and um living on the east coast you know a, a lot of the um, structures were really super old and just very, very beautiful. But as an aside, um, I, it, at a very young age, um, started to experiencing my own kind of awakening to different mm-hmm. things. And so I, my very first job, I was nine years old. And uh, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I was definitely always a little bit of a a trailblazer and a renegade. But um, the money that I received from my first job, my mom said, you know, where would you like to go? So we decided to go to this record store that was this very very old record store and it had like this winding staircase going up to the top um where they had just you know one after the other of books and records and tapes and cassette tapes and eight yeah. track tapes at the time and um so i took the money that i had and i went and i just perused the entire store and i found this section that had all of these books on buddhism mm. and it was like i walked right in and I just was drawn right to that area yeah. and I sat there and I just started to look and I said, at nine years old, I want this. And of course my mother looked at me like, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I said, I want to. And I also got, um, a, a tape on meditation. Mm. So at nine years old, wow. when meditation. You know, because I'm 51. So at my nine years old, that meditation wasn't as popular as it is now, and thank goodness that it is. But um, so I would lay down on the ground or lay down on the floor in my house, and I would play the meditation tape, and I would read my Buddhist books, and I would read all of these different beautiful magazines and things that um, just would immerse me and take me to the place where, you know, I was really able to greet uh, a totally different part of myself. And that's really where the journey started. And because of that experience at such a young age, I always had this kind of seeking and this openness to want to see and learn and know that there was no one way. There was just whatever way you felt you were called to. And, um, You know, I experienced a lot of um, polarizing types of conversations Mm -hmm. and things within my own family. So I, at a very early age, realized that there's there's got to be a different way.
0: Yeah, there's
1: got to be a different way. Um, I have some very fond memories of going to all of the institutions and all of the religious organizations with my family because it was part of positive time with people who were in my family because I saw how beautiful the experience was for them. Um, But it really wasn't until I started to venture into other practices that I felt how beautiful that experience was and
0: can be for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because I had a follower just the other day uh, reach out to me and send me an email and said, how have you been able to balance you know, the ability to stay faith-based and yet still yeah. be able to move into the healing spiritual world and be respected and not rejected. And I thought it was such a beautiful question. So, you know, and you mentioned you've had some, some conversations. I'm sure some things have come up in your own life, but, you know, um, how, how do you think you'd answer that? How have you been successful if you have been or has it been more of a struggle and um, being able to find yourself into this space?
1: Yeah, so I've been asked a similar question as well. And um, actually, one of the questions that I was asked was, you know, did you recently try and pursue um, opening up gifts, these gifts, Mm, right? mm -hmm. These areas of spirituality. And actually, my answer was no. Um, My very first experience um, was when I was seven. And so uh, the majority of my life was. Spent navigating how to somehow acknowledge that within myself, but also be able to not be completely ostracized and have negative consequences for, you know, exploring these things. Um, So it wasn't really until I was an adult that I was able to fully embrace and really just kind of like, okay, this is it, you know. (laughs) It's not something that just kind of came easily. However, I have to say that. I think that everything, as it happens, is perfect. Yeah. And so I think that some of the experiences that I went through, I went through not just for my own personal growth, but I also went through because I really understand, I have a lot of compassion for people who go through not just a similar experience, but um, as mine, but also just that kind of that being placed in this space of feeling like other.
0: Yeah and mm-hmm.
1: really having some negative consequence for you know following your
0: own authentic path and your own your own truth yeah and i know we spoke previously but as you know the the whole core principle of my book the unbecoming is about really following that path and coming to, into a sense of knowing what is of you and what is not of you. And in that in-between space is what was of you and is no longer of you, right? So yeah. there's these three sort of dimensions I talk about to, to this unbecoming and this process and mm-hmm. the many stages. And it, it can be quite challenging to really begin to search and seek, you know, what am I not? Right I mean, how yeah. do you know what you 're not, and I always say this to individuals. It is that which has probably made you most uncomfortable all of your life you 've continued to try to be it so and and one of my pet peeves this came up recently is even the term because as a as an educational psychologist, particularly I, I focus mostly on school age children and young adults and the mini me comment by parents. Oh, he's mm. such a mini me. She's such a mini me. And it's yeah. though it's cute and it's through love and mostly through adoration, but it helps one to develop into the other parent right and to oh i'm being accepted and loved by being like you so therefore i want to be more like you and be approved or you get the the kids who really rebel against that and you know it's one of the others so you know in my book i talk a lot about my own journey of unraveling letting go shedding those sorts of things and it sounds like as you found your way to your spiritual essence and your gifts that that really was where you found yourself And was there any particular aspect of your gifting that you sort of really uh, found yourself kind of moving into and and really being most comfortable with?
1: I wouldn't say that they were Mm -hmm. (laughs) co-occurring. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I wouldn't say that my strongest gift and the one that was most easily accessible was the one that I was most comfortable with. Um, And it actually was quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of it it was, it was, you know, always by design, right. Um, But it was part of what helped me to evolve into being able to really clearly articulate um, what some of those gifts were. And uh, so in the very beginning, what I would do is I would provide the service. So I was a coach, I was a professional coach, and, um, you know, I've always just kind of been in a leadership role where, you know, whether it's leading sales organizations or mental health organizations or, you know, being on an advisory board, I just always had these kind of, you know, gifts. Yeah. And so I would just use them to help and to serve. However, I didn't claim it. Mm-hmm. And then slowly as I, you know, started working more in the coaching and the as a professional coach um with um in the equine industry, I started to use it more and more. And there were probably more people in that space who uh it was more commonplace. Yeah. Than I bet people in other spaces so I was able to start to have conversations and actually some of my clients would look at me and they're like okay I know and I'm like okay I know you know and so then just it it just opened up these wonderful opportunities for you know being able to have these wonderful deep conversations and not deep like a trauma about trauma or whatever but just these you know just explorative conversations about kind of what we're doing in order in that space to be able to help and to serve, you know, and, and it was always it was always a balance of matching the science with the um the the, the unknown, let's just yes. put it that way. The unseen, right? Yes. Um so um it started out with me doing medical medium stuff with um dogs and horses and then mm-hmm. I started with people and I just started to do a lot of healing work that way. And then I just started to notice a lot of fear uh, coming up, especially in the writing industry, a lot yeah. of fear would come up. So that led me then into, um, you know, a whole new path too. So.
0: Yeah. And it, isn't it beautiful? Because I remember years past working with individuals and, you know, seeing energy and being able to feel elements from them being able to get message, you know, clairvoyantly about what's happening in their lives, but not being able to tell them why I was able to know what I knew. It was just forbidden in the field of mental health. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, moving away saying, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to go into traditional psychotherapy anymore at this point, because I really want to be able to talk to someone like you're talking about on a very deep emotional level. You know, here's what I see. This is how I see. This is what messages are coming through to me. You talk to somebody and say, okay, well, the angels are telling me to tell you this in a psychotherapy session. <laughs> it's not going to go over too well with with the insurance companies, right? And yeah. And so it's so beautiful to be able to do this work now as a holistic therapist and holistic healer. And and people want it. People want more than going into, God bless, I love therapy. I totally support therapy. Um, It is still part of my everyday life as well. And I think that people want that, but they also want to move into the healing. They want holistic practices. They want to be able to have this whole sort of revolving, you know, door and element of things that they can kind of move into in the beautiful toolbox. And so, I, yeah, I love that. I love that you're talking about that because I found my way similarly through mediumship at first and, and being able, was, that was the one I was most frightened of. And that, my first experience, I think it was about three or four years old. And I remember you know, just having to experience that and not being able to talk to anybody about what it was, not even knowing if it was real. And when you grow up and you start to have these things happening, you're, you're kind of going, oh my God, what is happening to me? That was my most uncomfortable moving into that. And I don't embrace that any longer as an adult. It was a part of me that I pushed away and, and reminded spirits, there are other people out there that can help you. I'm not one in that <laughs> domain, but I'll help other people here. And so I think that's another thing too, as we find ourselves as healers in the space in between, we kind of have to decide what we are able to take in and work through versus trying to do it all, trying to heal it all, because that's not why we're here either, right? And so it seems like you found your niche in a way, you know, and so can you talk a little bit about some of your specific healing practices that you really have, you know, attuned and, and really are using in your practice with people? It's a little
1: bit of a challenge just because each person, as they are unique and they're right. their own individual, they come with their own host of presenting issues, right? So, and really sometimes what they come with as what they think is the thing, it turns out to usually not be then the thing right. that we work on. <laughs> um, and I would say that's probably like at least 75% of mm-hmm. my clients, but it's always a beautiful outcome no matter what it is. So. I do, I do have a lot of training and I actually just have a lot of passion um, and belief in the fact that there is another way to mm-hmm. work through and to work with people who have experienced trauma. And I think that um, through, you know, gosh, if we go back to, let's just go back to nine eleven, okay. And we go back to some of the um, very just traumatic uh, collective experiences that we yeah at least even in this country, have experienced, not to mention in other countries, right? And how these things might have affected um, people. It's its really their perception of whatever uh, happened and then their emotional reaction to it that creates right. the trauma, right? And then we have uh, individuals who have had just some really, really challenging um, experiences themselves so because of that I have taken it upon myself to really I I realized that I just kept attracting people Mm -hmm. my own practice that um, had had a lot of a lot of ancestral karma a lot of transgenerational you know trauma and just their own personal you know in this lifetime trauma so I really really did a deep dive into That and also through my own experiences with healing my own traumas. Um, However, I'm really careful about. I, I don't really have an issue sharing about the fact that I've experienced trauma and some very significantly um, traumatic events in my life and in more more than one area in my lifespan. I I really, you know, whatever worked for me, I just don't automatically think that it's going to work for someone else. Right. So um, that being said, I believe in somatic therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, somatic therapy can take on uh, a different definition depending upon who you're talking to and who you're working with. So there are people who just believe in working with the Soma, so movement, yoga movement, you know, chronic breathing and that kind of stuff, yeah. and, and that is tremendous. Um, my type of somatic healing, when I work with somebody, um, it's it's kind of I use every single thing that I have available to me, mm-hmm. um, whether it's from you know things that I have learned through my own ascension and spirituality, some of my psychic gifts, um, shamanic healing, um, things that I've I've learned through body work, lymphatic drainage, um, myofascial release. You know, like you name. It um, Mm -hmm. as well as you know um, discussion, a therapeutic discussion, all at the same time, and um, so you know because our basically with the with the body, our body stores all experiences in every single cell, and our body actually carries you know what happens is the spirit and the soul as we transcend from one life to time to another, kind of transfuse. And transmutes these experiences into this physical body. Um, And so, while this wasn't the body that I lived in in another lifetime, um, this body still has the echoes of some of the experiences of those lifetimes. And, you know, sometimes people just walk around, they don't even realize um, that's what it is. Um, And um, so, the body basically um, is what speaks for us when we have no words to be able to express Mm -hmm. what's going on and to be able to conceptualize what it might be.
0: Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. So, um, so somatic therapy to me is very important and it's something that I'll always do. And even in my therapeutic sessions, I do a lot of somatic therapy because it's all about regulation. Right. Um. So we can have a whole conversation about just regulation, <laughs> right? <laughs> if, in that. So, um, the other the other therapy that is just amazing is the brain working recursive therapy, mm-hmm. um, which also um, can be amazing for trauma but also for other things as well just really for anyone who wants to accomplish anything it's actually just it can also be for very positive things like um i want to you know get to my next rung in success i want to you know visualize um myself um you know, doing things uh, like, you know, we were talking about retirement, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So visualizing and and embodying that space and and creating that um, perception, because sometimes there are these things in our brains um, that sometimes hold us back from being able to really attain that and Mm -hmm. achieve that. So the brain working recursive therapy, the thing that I love about it is that it actually, um, if it is from a past experience, you don't, necessarily need to talk about the content of the Mm -hmm. experience. So so let's just say you wanted to, you know, heal something. You really wanted to reframe something you wanted to, because the the trauma actually affects the brain. So there's actually a groove in the brain that, that is there um, because of the experience, because of the, you know, tremendous emotional experience. So the brain working recursive therapy actually goes
0: in and it heals that groove in the brain. Mm, beautiful. And yeah, we've talked a lot about imprinting here on the show and, and a lot of how do we get some of the clients and patients out there in the world who have tried traditional therapy to be able to not move away from traditional therapy, but to add additional things that can be supportive of, yes. of their therapy, particularly because I find therapy to be so so um, necessary in those first mm-hmm. critical moments, right? Whether it's months or years, who knows? You know, depending, like you said, on on the the residual trauma that's still present. And the one of the things that I have found to be beneficial, as you said, is finding a therapy that doesn't make you have to relive it because, you know, as the greats, as Vander Koch and other people out there have really done with their beautiful, you know, neuropsychology work is we can rewire, we can heal trauma without having to constantly talk, relive and go into that space because we found that Mm. that is what that population that is not doing well And having these, you know, unsuccessful emotional responses in therapy Mm -hmm. is because of that one fact. And so it sounds like this, you know, for for the listeners, this might be something that they may want to look into. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have been in therapy for years (laughs) and are still talking about the same thing, um, if you're still having those flashbacks, those thoughts, those, right, those those, um, impulses and those chronic feelings and thoughts, this might be something really up your alley. So how would they um, find someone, you know, such as yourself in in this particular type of therapy and practice?
1: Well, um, brain working recursive therapy is young um, and very progressive in comparison to some of the other therapies like EMDR or, you know, uh, other types of trauma therapies. I, I think that actually Terence Watts, who's the individual who um is a psychologist in um the UK mm-hmm. who created, or actually he says that he discovered it. Um he just started a website where there's a resource for you to be able to find um BWRT therapists. However, you don't it doesn't I, I do BWRT with people who live in Norway and mm-hmm. Spain and Australia and California and you know dot 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 because it's something that we could do via a zoom and you know you don't have to necessarily be in the presence of the individual which is what makes it so nice Mm -hmm. which I think is great for you know the future of teletherapy as well but but the thing that I I I have to also just kind of finish saying about BWRT is that it's um you deal with the emotion Mm -hmm. part of what happens with trauma is we when we try to recall things, we recall really what we wanted to have happen.
0: Yeah.
1: And what we thought we wanted to do instead to change the outcome yes. of what happened instead of really what really happened. Mm-hmm. And it, but we still feel the same feelings. Right. We're still feeling the same feelings. We're feeling hopeless. We're feeling scared. We're feeling whatever those feelings might be. Dismissed, you know, the, the list goes on. Um, but we're actually able to reframe it. And so that our brain can actually, um, we met, we, we merge the perception of the emotion and we can then reframe what it is. Um, so that's a really important thing. And again, you know, you can do it without having to really discuss and rehash whatever that is. You know, I would say, as far as finding practitioners concerned, you could definitely, you know, do a Google search. Um, you know, I'm more than welcome and more than happy to, to welcome any questions. Um, and if people don't You know, if we're not a matchup, there's, there's plenty of other practitioners here on the East coast. I'm not exactly sure how many I know of four. Okay. Uh, But they're not, they're not a lot. There are not very many in the U S.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which always is a good sign in a way, of of something that hasn't been overly saturated just yet, right? And still in its purest form. That's when I love to really get involved with things and see if it works and if it doesn't work for us and Mm -hmm. to kind of go from from that space. So, you know, I love within your your bio, the one aspect about really having this belief that all illness, all Mm -hmm. health-related things can be can be healed. And, you know, I am an example of that when I was diagnosed with melanoma cancer six years ago, and I just was not going to go traditional routes for whatever reason. Uh, I have friends who have gone traditional methods of chemotherapy and radiation and things like that, but, you know, I was able to do some things surgically, and then I had, they found a couple of tumors in my kidney. Mm. And at that point, the doctor said, well, we don't know if these have been here all of your life or if they've just showed up. We have no way of knowing because we only knew you had this reason to scan you recently. Mm. And we found out that my mother had an exact same positioning in her body of a growth. And I started to have these feelings of this sort of marker. And I know those of you who are spiritual understand what I'm talking about, that this was a marking in a way of our ancestral sort of lineage, yeah. um, whether it was our trauma, but it was our marker in a way. And I knew in that moment, I wasn't going to be afraid of it. And I was going to watch it. I was going to be diligent. And eventually I just took on this whole holistic uh, way of living and everything, predominantly stress reduction relaxation, as you said, healing the emotional body, because as we know, when your soul is unable to communicate to its fullest extent and essence, right, your body will act out. And I started to honor my body. I started to talk to my kidney. I started to have faith in it. And I did this when I was going through infertility as well. Um, because it took me five years to have my oldest. Hmm. And this one woman I met who, she wouldn't say she's a shaman, but she would definitely, I would say, you know, is is the essence of the truest aspect of a divine shaman. And she said to me, have you ever spoken to your body? Have you ever told it that you had belief and faith in it to carry a baby? to do what it needs to do, could you just have a conversation and say how much you believe in it and honor it and trust it? And I did that same thing with my kidneys when I was sick. And I remember going into the doctor and them doing their scan and they said, one is completely gone. We don't know where it went to or how you did it, but keep doing it. And Mm -hmm. the other one has never gone away. And so that one, and it's not growing. So that's the one they think is the marker. So, I share all this with you because I think it's interesting, and you know it, you get it, that there are so many things about health that we take for granted that we can just simply do in our own healing and um, not to discount the power that we have as our own infinite healers. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about how that sort of really developed for you, that belief you have? Because you can feel it from you that it's like deep in your core <laughs> and how you sort of help. Your clients um, get to that space of really believing and seeing their own inner healer. Yeah.
1: Um, well, like you, I've had my own personal experiences, um, and very similar one. To one of I've had many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one is, uh, very similar to your experience in that I had cysts on my ovaries mm. and, um, you know, they went in and they did the ultrasound, they saw the cysts and they were able to see the morphers and all of that stuff. And, um, and really at the time I was young, um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the doctors basically said, well, we're going to have to notch your ovaries. We're going to have to do all these crazy surgeries. We're going to have to do yeah. all this stuff because if you don't, then, you know, kind of catastrophizing, whatever the results were going to be. Mm-hmm. I just thought, "Er, I am so young. And at that yeah. point I didn't even have children. And, um, I just knew that at that point from all of the experiences that I have crazy experiences that I had had up until that point, And now I was, you know, in my twenties, that I was gonna trust um that there was going to be a different way. And from that I discovered um that I had Epstein Bar virus mm-hmm. and yeah. you know later discovered that I had some other things. And I found that, you know, I would always, I, I had a lot of cultural influence from family and from, you know, kind of the cultural area that I lived in, which was like, you have to go to the doctors and you have to follow the protocol. And yeah. you know, just if you don't, then terrible things are going to happen to you. And um, so I really had no support. Um, but I, I always just said, I, I, I could only follow it to a certain extent. And then I said, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then I'd be like, game off, deal off. I'm not doing this anymore. I just don't bite into it. Um, and so I would just say, because, you know, maybe it was a year after pursuing therapy. And at one point I was like injecting my muscles with all of these different Mm -hmm. crazy stuff and, you know, and, um, thinking my gosh, I'm so young and I'm basically being told I'm not going to be able to have children Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I'm going to be, um, always battling feeling like this, you know, yeah. being exhausted and, and, you know, feeling like I was 80 years old in a 20 year old body. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just, one day I said, um, you know what, this doesn't work for me. I'm just not going to buy into this anymore. Yeah, I, I just believe that I don't have this anymore. And so I just started to create this new radical existence um, and slowly started to play around with everything in my environment food mm-hmm. um, right. you know exercise and I would just recall back to times when um you know I felt better, and I tried to replicate you know where some of those things yeah. might have all of those pieces might've been. So P.S. I had gone back to the doctors and they did my titers. My titers were way, 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 way down for the FC-4 virus. And the cysts were gone. Wow. See, there you go. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, that was Really, the beginning um, at a very young age, uh, and I also suffered from migraines when I was a young child. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I, me you too. name it, there was just there was just a lot. Um, so I realize now that part of all of that was because, at seven years old, I was able to see into people's bodies. Yeah, yeah, right. So I. I did a healing on a horse at seven years old yeah. and because yeah. I could see where the physical injury was on the inside of their body. Yeah. And so I realized that, you know, okay, there's, there's a gift here. Um, right. And so I just kind of kept it in my back pocket, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't share anything with anybody. And of course, you know, people would conclude whatever they wanted to conclude who knew me. Oh, well, it's probably just psychosomatic. Well, how do you explain cysts disappearing and, you know, titers going down and up and whatever, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. But um, so, yeah, I'm very passionate about that. And I have worked with individuals, I mean, even just in this past year, where they've had tremendous gains, where it's been anything from um, having lupus, and, you know, they're now at the point where. Their, the lupus isn't even registering in their yeah. testing
0: i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to mention before my recent diagnosis now is ra and it's really interesting but it was it came it was identified as lupus which obviously most times many women anything on the inflammatory register usually comes up as lupus first right mm-hmm. but i didn't have any other markers for it nothing else my mother and her sister Um, both have RA, but they're both very overweight and have had profound, you know, years of inflammatory things from, you know, not eating well and smoking and chronic stress. And, you know, and so I said to myself, I've not lived any of that pattern. And yet this marker shows up. And of course I want to start all of these medications and all these things. And I, and I realized that as that thought went into my mind, that I had this diagnosis Wow, my joints started to hurt, Wow, I was not as energetic. Um, I, I was gaining a little, I'm still very thin, but I mean, I gained you know, some weight that was making me feel very uncomfortable. Stress levels were higher and all these kinds of things. I said, isn't that interesting? Because when you used to know, and you were in the knowing back then, that yes, these things might be present, but you didn't have to live this reality you could do something different. And I just went back into that recently. And wow, the energy is back. I'm still not sleeping. I think hormonally, like when you get to a certain age and you're perimenopausal, it's like, (laughs) give that up. I give it up. When's the last time you slept? 84 years ago as in Titanic, right? I mean, just let it go. But all the other stuff, like I can control. If I have chronic pain in my joints, I can make it go away to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. I can increase my, my, my breath register. I can change my mood right on the dime. And people go, oh, that's crazy. It's only crazy because again, in the becoming of who we are and what we know, we've believed everything that was told to us. We never challenged it. And so it will not hurt us to pray. It will not hurt us to meditate. It will not hurt us to think positively. It will not hurt us to talk to our bodies. So why not just try it? right? Right. Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. So you you had some of that happen as well. People were rejecting what you were feeling or thinking or things like that.
1: Uh, Sure. Of course. Um, you know, uh, with my own personal situations, but which is why I believe that, um, if I don't believe that it's possible, then how is somebody who comes to help me going to believe that it's possible? Because they're already coming with their own host of their own originating beliefs, plus all of their fear. Um, And, you know, so, so we have to create that space, we have to create that space. Um, And, but that doesn't mean that, that I'm the one who is going to be able to do it single handedly? Right. I just help people to open up the possibilities for themselves you know um i had I had a client who came to me in the fall and or the late summer and they hadn't had their period in twelve years. Wow, and within four weeks they got their period for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have gotten their period every single month since Wow, yeah so. Such-
0: such a blessing, right? And yeah. and releasing that emotion and those trapped and stored elements,
1: yeah, yeah. And just it, it's it's just opening up, opening up the areas that are constricted, um, and and just continuing to expand yourself. And I really also believe in the fact that you know there is this thing that is happening within this healing space, right? And so I even the word healing. I think healing is a beautiful thing. I think that healing is, it, it's, um, it's tremendous. However, I think that sometimes because of the nature of how we are as human beings and the way that our brains work, as soon as we think heal, we also go to what's wrong. Yes. Great point. Yes. Right. And so that immediately sets us up for prophesizing the fact that we're not well. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, all of the things when our bodies speak to us and it's inflamed or Mm -hmm. it's got a cyst or a growth or, um, you know, it's, it's not cycling or I mean you name it right. Um, uh, alopecia or just, there's so many different things. Right. Um, it's just our body's way of letting us know that it wants to be healthy and it's not getting what it needs.
0: Yeah yeah and yes. it
1: is not a, what we have to do is remove all judgment with what we think it needs or why we think that it's saying what it's saying and just trust and just give it what it needs
0: yeah and then see and then yeah. see. how beautiful that's such a beautiful way of, of thinking about it that we don't have to overanalyze, we don't have to worry, we don't have to go into an old way of being, and oh my God, what am I going to do? I remember, you know, I had a cyst in my breasts at one point, and I remember the the ultrasound tech, um, tech having this dreaded look on her face. Right. And I was like, oh my God, you know, and she was gone for a while. And <laughs> she came back and the, the doctor came in and said, nope, everything's fine. We'll see you next year. And I said, whoa, 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 don't, don't you dare take another step out of that room? Because there's a huge discrepancy between what she was emoting to me, and what you're expressing to me, and I am someone, unfortunately, for you, who is understanding of both of these realms, and I need to know, um, what is this discrepancy, and he said, oh, no, this is very normal, where you're at in your age, and, you know, there's nothing to worry about, you know, we'll look again next year, and I said, you know, if you could do me a favor, could you maybe set up a training for your texts?" who are the first line of defenders in a way with people to not to, to bear expression, but to maybe not, you know, show those aspects of the unknown just yet when they're uncertain. Right. And those kinds of things. And he said, you know, this is a great idea. I do need to do a little more work there. And he did follow up with me and said that they have been doing more training, you know, because I I think that's so important, right? Because like you said, we go into this, Oh my God, I'm sick. And even if there was something there, We don't even know what that would be yet. And there's so many avenues to go through that I think the traditional medical field is lacking. And I'll say this to you because I think you'll find this really interesting. I cannot believe this. I had to go and look to say, oh, that can't be right. Study was done. I can't remember the end size, but it was pretty big. 50% still 50% of traditional general practitioners still do not support the mind-body connection. 50% of the general practitioners, just general, we're not talking specialized people, but just the general practitioners in the US, in the US alone, still do not support, still kind of feel that there's a little too much emphasis on, you know, this connection that's Undercutting some traditional um, treatments that might make people sicker over time if they hadn't intervened sooner. This kind of stuff was what the study was about. And I said, yeah. How are we here when we are showing, whether it's, you know, Dr. Dispenza and other people out there who are doing huge amounts of research, gains. huge sample size, gains to yeah. show proof that this stuff is working? So isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. it is.
1: I, I think that. Um, two things. One is that I, I, I don't necessarily know that it's because there isn't the belief. I think, or even I, I'm even going to give the medical community this, that I don't even think that it's because they, are, they fear losing money. Um, I really think it's the feeling of uh, the, the loss of control over the mm. outcome. Mm, and um because integrative medicine is really the way integrative treatment i should say because it's really not medicine anymore it doesn't it i hope that it's not going to be integrative medicine it's going to be integrative holistic treatment which will include medical doctors but it's also going to include people like us i think it's hysterical because you know um you know I've been asked to join in on communities where we have people who have you know how many acronyms can you put next to your name? I think there's like more acronyms than there is like right. the alphabet, right <laughs> and then there's me, you know <laughs> but i um I love sharing information, and I'm very passionate about the advocacy aspect, and so I love the fact that you really reframed that to the doctor and you said um it's really important i want to advocate for um not just me but for us in general because you understand the impact yeah. of how that is going to affect everyone who goes through there and how many people go in and get tests right oh yeah
0: i mean Um, i couldn't believe how many people were there even just that day i was there i was like wow and women of all ages all ages i know know. but
1: the other thing is that you know then we look at organizations like the veterans association Mm -hmm. right where talk about having limited funding and really Uh having an oh influx of people within their community that they have to serve and the numbers are continuing to climb um, they really have embraced this whole new way of health right so they have within the medical treatment portion and psychological and mental health treatment portion of their um, departments they have um, healers, they have Reiki, they have Mm -hmm. yoga, they have polyvagal regulation. They teach all of these different things. And I'm just like, so happy that this is happening. Um, and not only are they doing it for their clients, but they're also doing it for their staff. Yes. So I just have to say that I think that a lot of, um, you know, there's probably a larger percentage in saturation of people who have been affected, who are, you know, um, um, clients, in, you know, in, in, in the VA mm-hmm. than maybe in just kind of mainstream, um, which then led to some amazing advocacy of let's try some other things because we don't, right. a, we don't have the resources and B we're really not seeing the results that we want to see for these people yes. um, who we're serving. So, Um, I do think that that hopefully is a mirror for the way that things are going to be for us um, in general. Yes, well,
0: we're in a new decade, right? Really a lot of amazing things to look forward to. I can't believe we're at the end of the show already. I mean, I could talk to you forever. I know. (laughs) And there's some things we didn't even get to, we were hoping to get to. So I think we're going to have to have you on again for (laughs) sure. And what I'm thinking of, if you're open to it, maybe even having you on a live show, I do one live show a month. Um, where we do take callers, and I think it would be really fun to to just open that up and see what what came in and, and what we could help with. So so beautiful. Can you please let us know? Here's our infamous uh, infamous excuse me last question, which I call the footprint in the sand. Based on the work that you've been doing and all that you have come to know and also unbecome over the course of your own life, mm-hmm. you know what legacy are you really hoping to leave behind? I really want
1: to create a safe space for people to be able to expand and grow into who they were really born to be and who Mm. they really see themselves being. Um, So I also really want it to come from the flavor of pure unconditional love. And that that really does exist. It does. Um, However, love also means truth, which means that that's not about any kind of egoic, I'm going to give you love because I need to feel that for myself. It's actually, you know, sometimes love is sharing some really hard truths. Yeah. Right. And being there beside someone as they're able to process that truth and see that lens shift. So that's really, to me, providing a safe space for people to really, really be able to go into those areas where they were so, so afraid to be able to do before.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, beautiful, and and I have to say, being able to witness you every day on social media and out there in your professional life, that you are already doing that. So thank you very much for being such an angel to the field of emotional, spiritual, mental well being, because you are you are absolutely incredible. And can you? Um, I'm going to have all this information on the radio page. So those of you who want to go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash a revolution will go ahead and see. Um, all the details information for for Sharon so it will be listed there but is there any particular way or specific aspect that people can communicate with you or reach out to you?
1: Sure um, I would say that I'm most active on Instagram mm-hmm. um, which would be Sharon Jean Land um, mm-hmm. and then a DM is fine um, and I'm really happy to help individuals just hash things out for even just a 15-minute conversation if they're not really sure uh, what it might be Um, and even just to refer out because I think that that's really important too is that um, I think it the beautiful thing I love about our community especially on Instagram is the fact that we um, we really all know each other pretty well nice. now and we know where each other's areas of ex- expertise are so I would nice. really want people to put people in front of um, whoever would be able to help them best oh, so beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my goodness, Renee, this has been so lovely and the time has gone by so fast. We will have you back again for sure very soon. (laughs) So yes, I absolutely would love to talk more about love itself and the divinity of love and all the ways that we can cultivate that in this new decade would be beautiful and the work that you continue to do. So thank you, my dear, for being here so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone here for the inner revolution and for Sharon, my name is Dr. Renee and we will be back again next week with another amazing guest. And if you, again, if you haven't checked us out on, Other platforms out there, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher now. Search for The Inner Revolution with Dr. Renee, and you will find it. And we will talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Inner Revolution Radio Show. If you haven't already done so, check us out on iTunes. And also check out our website at www.transcendentheart.com. Com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Renee One Life. Have yourself an amazing week.